Just in time for Valentine's Day, we talk about the home invasion romantic comedy, No Good Deed. That's got to be a mistake. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. And I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. All Success. three together. We did we it. We successfully remembered all of our own names. We did it. It was tough. For but those, we made it through. Uh, for those People said we couldn't. They said we shouldn't. <laughs> but we did. For those of you turning turning to I got this. For those, for those of, of you, you tuning in on. for the first time. For those of you turning uh, into a werewolf. This is an old-timey radio play where <laughs> you get to be the hero. <laughs> okay, so work? you approach the old mansion expecting to receive your inheritance. <laughs> Hold on. In what? the upstairs window you see the silhouette of the this Dowager Countess. <laughs> <laughs> this is a combination of old-time radio and Zork. Yeah, it's old-time Zork. In uh, my day, we didn't even have text adventures. We had to hear it being said to you. Do you, That, a, we, that we shouted that we at, the radio. at the radio. <laughs> Use key, we would say. And the radio would, would not do anything. <laughs> and they would be like, put key in lock. And the radio still wouldn't do we anything. We had to write, try key on lock on a piece of paper and mail it to the radio station. They would tally the votes and then next week we'd find out what we did. Most of the show was an ad for fudge. <laughs> Bakersfield Fudge, sponsor of Radio Zork. Wait, you have to... You bake fudge? It's Bakersfield Fudge. It's from okay. Bakers- Bakersfield, California. Oh, God. Boy, do I wish that this podcast was more of this rather than what we're actually I mean, going to talk about. Could be. We make the rules. We control the horizontal, the vertical, everything. Okay, so uh, since you guys missed the possible options, you can just email me and I'll give you okay. all your possible actions uh, later. In Radio Zork, brought to you by Bakersfield Fudge. <laughs> yep. The Bakersfieldist. The <laughs> um, oh, it's also what? the fudgiest. Uh, <laughs> we both went different directions, but the same direction at the same time. Most people go both ways. <laughs> ACDC, they call it. Anyway, <laughs> so this is the Flop House where we watch a bad movie. It's a movie podcast, right? Uh, well, I wouldn't call it a movie podcast so much as a comedy podcast about movies. So well, it's like some sort of comedy, comedy bang bang type thing? Mm-hmm. It's one of those comedy bing bongs and. <laughs> Uh, comedy Bing Bong, which is what, like not, the bootleg Chinatown version even, of Comedy Bang Bang. Not even my joke. Scott Ackerman does that on his own show sometimes. Oh, I don't listen to that show. Uh, it's a good show. Not yeah, on our I network. On, am I on that show? It. If not, then I don't want to listen to yeah, it. It's not even on our network. We shouldn't promote it. But what network uh, is that? Univision. Uh, Earwolf. I once had a <laughs> awkward conversation with Scott Ackerman, though. He puts the awk in awkward. <laughs> But he was very nice. Anyway. So is that the movie we watched? A film of your conversation with Scott Ackerman? Yeah. It was yep. An, it's an anecdote. <laughs> it's like an anecdote, <laughs> but with Ackerman. <laughs> an anecdote made of onyx. <laughs> um, no, this is... A, I tried to say earlier, this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. It's a podcast about movies. No. <laughs> a podcast about talking. Yes. Uh, and the movie we watched tonight was called No Good Deed. It should have no been good called deed? No Good Movie. <laughs> oh, I'm bad. <laughs> so catty. This kitten's got claws. Uh, 
It starred uh, Taraji P. Henson and uh, Idris Elba. Yes. Yeah. Those, I, that's a fact that I can, yes, back up. <laughs> I will the, confirm. <laughs> the evidence supports you. Two of the brightest stars, the Hollywood firmament. Fr- Hollywood firmament? Is that the motorcycle movie industry? The Hollywood firmament? <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, room, drive right on down Harley to Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. That's uh, one of the movies best known in the Hollywood firmament. <laughs> Do you think that? Yep, give Wild Dan Hogs. more weird words to say. That's <laughs> yeah. how it's going to. Yeah. Easy gonna... Rider, and of course, Easy Rider, the ride back. Sure. Um, so, this was what? A movie? A movie. <laughs> we watched a movie, Dan. <laughs> uh, as we said, it stars. What sort uh, of degenerative thing is eating away at your brain? Uh, Probably uh, like a brainworm of some kind. Ah, uh, yeah, like Star Trek, whatever. Um, Idris Elba's in the movie. He was in. <laughs> yeah, we established. <laughs> so that. Idris Elba, this is what the third Flophouse movie he's been in. Well, yeah, well, he was in Prom wait. Night. He was Prom in. Night. He was in Obsessed. 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 He was and, the object of obsession. And Leslie Bibb is in this, who was also in two other Flophouse movies. Yep. Oh, she was in boy. Zookeeper, mm-hmm. and she was in what Law Abiding Citizen? Was that yes. it? Yes. And uh, you know what? Both actors that I like think are talented people, mm-hmm. making bad choices. Like, you more than like Idris Elba, if the sounds you were making low in your yeah. throat during the movie were anything mm, to go by. Yeah, Danny like. <laughs> Danny like. Danny like? Danny, Danny, Danny like. <laughs> Daddy Danny. Mm-hmm. More Idris. Never call yourself Danny Danny again. No. <laughs> now it's more like Elba. some kind of like 1930s tap dancing pedophile. Yeah, you'd like Daddy more, Danny. You'd like more Idris. You've had your fill of Elba. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like Napoleon, you would like to get off of Elba. <laughs> he's a handsome man. We, we, we all know that. Oh, sure. He's very handsome. Um, you know, the internet wants him to be James Bond. Sure. I'd have no Maybe problem Maybe when with people that, listen to this podcast in the future, he'll already be James Bond. And they'll be like, so let's just call him James Bond, Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, this will be like a you know trip down memory lane to back when Idris Elba made terrible choices. And, and in this movie, he does not yet have a license to kill, as we'll see. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> uh, and let's just assume... Spoiler alert. We'll just assume that it's the future now. He is James Bond, and the first James Bond movie he was in of the 13 that he made yep. was called uh, The Limburger Cheese Mystery. Yeah. And in the future, <laughs> we're all space tycoons. Yeah. Interesting naming convention. They changed... Uh, <laughs> it was called James Bond and the Limburger Cheese Mystery. <laughs> it was followed- called One of Our Ducklings is Missing, starring James Bond. <laughs> that was followed by James Bond and the Secret of the Sinister Clock. <laughs> and then, of course, James Bond in Babysitter's Club, yep. After Dark. <laughs> James- oh, wow. <laughs> James Bond solves the mystery of the farting mummy. <laughs> Ian. It turns out beans were wrapped in with the, with the mummy wrappings. Ian Fleming's Who Goes There? It's James Bond. Starring Idris Elba. <laughs> Idris Elba will return as James Bond in Another Another Stakeout. <laughs> Too many donkeys. <laughs> I wanted to see a James Bond movie called Too Many Donkeys so badly now. I love this. Miss Moneypenny. There's donkeys turning on. There's too many donkeys. We've got to get to the bottom of it. That's Idris Elba, by the way. This alternate universe where James Bond movies were all made by 1960s live-action Disney. (laughs) Yep. They're all like seven hours long. James Bond in the M.I. Apple Dumpling Gang. Well, M is played by Fred McMurray. <laughs> yep. 
licensed to wear tennis shoes on a computer. <laughs> Dean Jones is cute. <laughs> Uh, so wait, what this this and, is a movie about? And so we, Haley Mills and Haley Mills as Blofeld. <laughs> uh, so this movie is called this No is, Good. This Deed. is No Good Deed. This is a movie that did not screen for critics, right? Uh, it, uh, we it are, was, I don't know. We're about to be pretty critical, but they were they were. Yeah, it was held for us tonight. Yeah, Checkmate. but it was, it was held back uh, because they claimed the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind it, of. It, it couldn't pass the core curriculum tests. <laughs> Uh, it was held back so that uh, critics wouldn't ruin the twist for audiences. Oh, but what we a twist. will ruin the twist. Oh, it's like oh, Henry <laughs> had sex with M. Night Shyamalan, and they gave birth to Chubby Checker. <laughs> That's what kind of twist it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Tony Twisterelli had a baby with... <laughs> like a braid, because the hair's twisted. Yeah. Yep. yep. And that baby grew up and married a pretzel twist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For it's some, a, and I don't then, know if that's legal. And their baby was like was, a was named Thomas Twist, <laughs> inventor of the card game of the same name. <laughs> so let's talk about what this movie is about. Uh, so Idris Elba, that we we find out quickly what the movie is about because the first five to ten minutes is all exposition. <laughs> Idris Elba is Colin Evans. Wait a minute. So, did you just say I, Wist? Now the okay. Now, is that an actual game? One, or is just I've gotten one second into the movie. Is that just something that Phineas Fogg talks about? <laughs> no, Wist is a game. It is a game. Oh, okay. It's yeah. a game for the wistful. <laughs> where you sit around with a group and you just think back to your happiest childhood memories and how innocent they were. By the way, I w- speaking of which, I would love to know how to play Pinochle. Just because. Put some peas on your knuckles. <laughs> That's how you play it. And then you just weird people out with it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you like this? What do you think of this? <laughs> this pinochle. So what's the deck of cards I bought in the store for? Uh, that's for... Um, uh, uh, that's for the 52 naked ladies, huh? <laughs> in case <laughs> you can uh, masturbate to that, or if you ever meet the devil, you can win a game of poker against him and get a magic bag that you can stuff death into. Speaking of stuffing death into things. <laughs> There's a lot of death being stuffed into this movie. It starts with Idris Elba as Colin Evans, who uh, is in jail for manslaughter because he got into an argument with a man at a bar and killed him. Uh, and he's also suspected of killing five women, but, the, but uh, they couldn't prove that. Uh, he is We're dr- not laughing at the idea of killing five women, by the way. It's just thrown it just, in as just, kind of an afterthought. It's an afterthought in the movie. Uh, he's also kind of a modern-day Jack the Ripper, but mostly it's this manslaughter bar brawl. Yeah. Uh, he is being taken to his parole hearing. He's in Tennessee. He is denied a parole hearing because one of the men on the council diagnoses him as, what was it, like an aggravated narcissist or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, something. Like yeah, like a, he's he, got his number. He's he diagnoses not, him as a crazy maniac. Yeah, he's a crazy maniac. Like, accurately. He yeah. accurate, like he's the real hero of this movie. Much like the Powell and Pressburger film, he's a black narcissist, and uh, they do not <laughs> let him out of jail. He is mad about it. And yeah, so on the, ride, about you. on the ride back to the jail... <laughs> <laughs> on the ma- <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so evil evil genius <laughs> evil genius Paul Riser is in jail. What's that Hanna Barbera dog that just wheezes when it laughs? Because <laughs> yeah. you're doing that yeah, impression really well. What's his name? Well. Uh, Wesley. <laughs> Yeah. Dogzo? Yeah. What was it? Dogzo. <laughs> Dogzo von Lapsing? Yeah. What was his name? Muttley? Muttley. Muttley. 
It was part of Wacky Races, right? M- wacky Racers. Okay. There are only a few Wacky, wacky Races. Races. Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. Elliot is wacky not in races. This is, this is during, <laughs> during the war, they did some spec work for Hitler with Wacky Races, which was kind of an ethnic, uh, anti-ethnic diversity cartoon. Yeah, oh, no. terrible. Hanna-Barbera, and the estate of Hanna-Barbera can send its lawsuits to <laughs> Elliot Kalin, care of Dan McCoy. Shameful chapter in their history. <laughs> Uh, so we've all, made it five minutes into the movie. Slightly better than Charlie Chan and the Amazing Chan Clan. <laughs> so, or Hong Kong Fooey. There were a lot of racist cartoons <laughs> coming out of that studio. Yeah, man, Jabberjaw. It's not like all sharks are drummers. No, Come on. but they do all sound like Curly. <laughs> so Idris Elba is in a, a van back to jail. Captain Caveman, really? <laughs> I don't know. Captain Cave Person. Exactly. And he's got those two babes with him. I thought it was three babes. Okay. There's a lot of babes. <laughs> there are a lot of Especially babes. Especially since too. he is he is basically a, a hairy thumb with with arms and legs and a some sort of magic high tech club. Yeah, there's like a little bird living inside his club. How did he get that? I don't know. It was given to him by like Guaud or something through a <laughs> now, <Stargate. laughs> now at this now, point, Idris Elba is knows he is going back to jail. He's been denied parole, and so he manages to escape, killing both of the elderly or out of shape guards that are guarding yeah. this Hulk of a man. Yeah. Idris Elba may be in the best shape of any any person can hope to be in without being Thor. Yeah, certainly any probably any man in his 40s as Idris Elba is like he is a uh, he's a well-preserved specimen of a man well he drinks formaldehyde oh okay I guess that's the secret what are you looking yeah, at yeah. you need like a Jurassic Park joke or something <laughs> um sure I guess yeah Idris Elba is kept inside the frozen bottom of a fake uh, shaving cream can that Wayne Knight smuggled off an <laughs> island so that's why he's in such good shape for a 40 year old I get it so, meanwhile, in Atlanta, Georgia, Hotlanta, as it's called, one of the fastest-growing cities in the United States, okay. home of CNN and Coca-Cola. Okay. It's a Delta hub. feel like you've been paid Bur- a buzz Burned to the ground during the Civil War. <laughs> Atlanta has regrown and more so. <laughs> okay. And now, 150 years later, it's ready to shine. Elliot, what's this? Uh, <laughs> Atlanta, won't you? <laughs> what's this check from the Atlantic Chamber of Commerce that I see poking out of your pocket? Uh, that, that's a coincidence. Uh, that's a different Atlanta. <laughs> that's uh, Atlantis. Atlantis paid me to uh, promote them. Speaking of which, have you ever wanted to go under the sea? <laughs> Under the sea to a place where mermaids can watch you pee. They don't believe in in private bathrooms in Atlantis because it's just water everywhere. Now, at this point, the podcast listener is thinking <laughs> they've wasted too much time. They're not going to be able to get through the plot of this movie. Oh, no, my Walk friend. Oh, contrary. There's barely any plot to this movie. So in Atlanta, Terry Granger, played by Taraji P. Henson, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she is with her young baby and her daughter Ryan and she's mad because she uh, looks haggard she looks hairy I don't know if I'd say haggard I'd say she's an over- she looks like Hagrid <laughs> <laughs> she looks like Hagrid. yeah she's a bearded but Robbie Coltrane monsters giant. she's caring for two children she is, which are kind of like monsters oh I know yeah, Elliot knows about yeah, that yeah very much so got a gremlin living in my house the cutest little gremlin here let All me show right. you some pictures guys okay well anyway here he is adorable uh, uh, in the bathtub. Okay. Dan, uh, stop looking at it like that. I wasn't. That's not. <laughs> anyway, so uh, she tells her fr- best friend, Leslie Bibb, jogs by, and she basically expresses what a tired, <laughs> exhausted mom she is. And Leslie Bibb is like, well, you should go out with your husband. But her husband, Jeffrey, is 
not doesn't want anything to do with the kids. He is always at work, and this weekend he's going with his dad on a golfing trip for his dad's birthday. He only shows up to pack and does not help with the children. He is a bad dad, even more so than Gerard Butler in the movie Bad Dad Soccer, Soccer Dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, however, he's got this really cool deep voice and a creepy devil beard. Yeah, if he if this was another movie, he, she would be married to the devil, basically. Everything There's, about him screams bad dude. Exactly. Even including his, his polo shirt. His orange polo shirt. <laughs> Which does little to his hide his totally ripped physique. There's something about a guy who's really ripped wearing a polo shirt and khaki pants that looks like when a porn actor is supposed to be like a businessman or an accountant and you're like there's no way that this guy who looks like he was in jail because of all the tattoos and the and the ripped abs he has is like an accountant who's being seduced by this MILF come on it's not happening but it's also kind of interesting casting I'm not saying that he has in any way comes off as a criminal it's just like it's hard for me to buy a really ripped guy wearing a polo shirt and right. khaki pants I also find it though kind of interesting casting that they like made Taraji P. Hansen's husband like uh, such a handsome like ripped dude, considering that then later on we're supposed to be like, oh, you know, she's lusting after she, she has a Idris type, Elba. Dude. It's Elba. handsome ripped dude. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. all women have that type. <laughs> In my limited experience talking to ladies, she should have been married to more of like, like a, handsome and the muscular. She should have been married to more of like an Urkel type, I guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, like Gilbert Godfrey type. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey type. <laughs> but to like really, really sell the like the, the her like desperate need to like have yeah. like, I don't know. Like I mean he he could have been a nice looking man who wasn't like a fucking Adonis. He didn't have to look like a calendar pinup. Yeah. He didn't have to the fact that she's married to apparently an underwear a busy underwear model. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it, the producers were probably like, We need a guy whose clothes are gonna fit Idris later on in the movie. That's mm. a good point. <clears throat> Although I think it would have made the movie more charming if the clothes didn't quite fit him. <laughs> He's wearing this tiny shirt. <laughs> yeah. He uh, burst through it. Yeah, of yeah like the like Sorry, Hulk my Hogan. rippling muscles <laughs> that can't be contained. He reaches for he reaches to close a window and the sleeve just rips right off. <laughs> Happens to me a lot. <laughs> because I'm constantly going into other people's homes and putting on their shirts. <laughs> It's my fetish. <laughs> so uh, Colin is stalking a woman, Alexis, who it turns out was his fiance before he was thrown in jail. Uh, <laughs> he tra- he stalks her to her house and confronts her with evidence that she's been seeing another man and that she never answered any of his letters. Uh, this escal- but she kept them all. Yeah, but she kept them like, all. He in confronts a big pile. her with these like unopened letters that I guess she kept in a pile, like in a drawer, like, do not read from crazy guy. Here's my guess. She treats her letters from her ex-fiance in jail the same way I treat New Yorker magazine. I leave it in a pile in the bathroom. (laughs) It takes me a while to get through them, so I might be two years behind on it. Yeah. And if, uh, what's his face, who did uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air wrote any of them? What's his face? uh, You don't read it. Will Smith? (laughs) No. What the, the fuck, the bad political, uh, Guy. Andy Borowitz. Yeah. <coughs> wow. Take that, Andy Borowitz. Burning a lot of comedy bridges, Dan. <laughs> Andy Borowitz. Like a nice enough man. <laughs> Scott Ackerman. You don't care whose toes you step no, on. No, I like Scott Ackerman. He was just a Stop weird plugging Scott Ackerman. <laughs> Dude, we don't even know him. Why are you doing so much work for him? Anyway, uh, he confronts her at home and uh, in the process gets mad and snaps her neck and then hits her dead body with a lamp yeah, a bunch of times. Yeah, he her. Well, because she starts bragging about how, how much sex she's having with this guy. Yeah, he, he gets her mad and she starts taunting him. And she's like, is that what you want to hear? It is not. He snaps her neck. Yep, she's like, maybe this guy who's been known to have violent outbursts yeah. in regards to jealousy 
wants Will, to hear about the awesome yeah, sex. Wants to hear about this other guy's sweet, amazing penis. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, so sweet amazing. it shoots out, I don't sweet, know, delicious serum. Next, penis is, next time you get a penis, try a sweet, amazing. <laughs> the homemade penis. Brought to you by Bakersfield Fudge. <laughs> Am- Amish made penis and Bakersfield Fudge. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together. Double penetrate your mouth with these. (laughs) And now back to Radio Zork. Well, looking through the responses, it seems that 79% of you wrote to put the lock, the key, to the lock. So let's try it. You try the key on the lock, the key does not work. Do you turn around, try the next key, or... Hit the lock with a hammer. Wait right to be in. announced by a servant. <laughs> Next week, we'll hear the answer on Radio Zork. Zork, Zork, Zork. Brought to you by Bakersfield Fudge and Sweet Amazing Venus. <laughs> so anyway. On WOR, old time radio, the way it used to be now. Oh, boy. This is I kind of I kind of want to make this podcast now, which is just radio, radio, Zork. Yeah, yeah, sure. The slowest moving podcast <laughs> in the world. I've been listening. Okay, I'm 45 episodes in. They're almost through the door. If no, you, just I really just wait for another side. wait for another person to arrive so you can use their key. There's going to be something awesome on the other side of this door. If it. you you got the you unlocked it and turned the knob. If you push the door open slightly. Say A. If you push the door open very forcefully, say B. If you push the door open somewhere in the middle, say C. <laughs> then it's like weeks of, if you'd like to push the door further, uh, the door is not open far enough for you to squeeze through. <laughs> if you'd like to push the door open further, write in. All the writers in the back room are like, oh, we haven't figured out what's behind the door yet. It, we, after this stretch, off, it's got to be something amazing. Your hand yeah, feels... the guy just making the stretch sign for... Uh, in, like in the writer's room. Weeks. <laughs> they just put pasta in his hands if he's going to be doing it. <laughs> I just want to... Take advantage of it. Anyway, uh, that's when Colin, after killing those people, uh, uh, what's she, Terry is alone at home with the those kids. Those people is one person. And yeah. her best friend, Leslie Bibb, and her are going to hang out and have a girls' night drinking wine and talking about penises. Uh, Colin, <laughs> delicious penises. In, a, in a rainstorm, Amazing. crashes his car and goes to the first house he sees, Terry's house. There he knocks on the door and presents himself as a man who's been in an accident. And here's the here's the moment where... The so f- I wasn't in the room when he crashed his car. Was it like a Ken Marino and Wet Hot American Summer situation <laughs> where all of a sudden he just totally smashes No, it? no. It's very hard to see in the rain, and he's trying to control it in the wet weather. It's not a bad car crash. It's actually... Okay. And it, like a branch goes through the windshield. Is he like singing a song and not paying attention? Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> oh, but I'm driving in a rainstorm. It just uh, likes to make up lyrics working. about yeah, what's going yeah, on yeah sense. yeah i don't know anybody like that Bird. <laughs> i totally know somebody his name's elliot <laughs> thank you i appreciate it we've known each other for a long time uh he gets there and this is the first of many moments where people react as if idris elba has a horrific cut on his forehead but i could not see it <laughs> barely no. visible it's like they were gonna put it in in post and then just forgot about it <laughs> and somewhere there's on a computer there's animation of an idris elba head bleeding cut that yeah. was never applied Spewing to the film. blood. Yeah, 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 where you could see like skull underneath, like totally <laughs> yeah. like Terminator 2 level Terminator makeup. <laughs> yes. But it's like a, it's like a Zatoichi type CGI blood where it moves around when the person's moving around so it's not on the same part of his head. Uh, so anyway, she 
uh, he goes, he asks for to use Terry's phone. He says, I'll wait outside. You can close the door. Totally reasonable request. He uses the phone. He calls a tow truck, he says. Then she leaves the door open. Uh-oh. She comes back. He's not on the doorstep. Where is he? Camera moves over slightly. Oh, he's still on the doorstep. It's okay. <laughs> and the musical cues, like all the musicals cues in this movie, is like super crazy. Like, warm. <laughs> or, ree, ree. Like, it's, every moment is underlined with they are Mickey Mousing the hell out of this suspense. Uh, eventually. And then there's, a, there's a one scene where it's just jerking the straw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're all dancing in a barn. <laughs> yep. With a bunch of farm animals. And they, pull on, a, they pull on a cat's tail to make, to make the final note is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just yeah yeah it's it's, it's just milking into in time with the music with their barnyard jamboree somebody's somebody's playing a xylophone on like a skeleton's uh, rib cage yep, yep yep and the skeleton snatches the xylophone sticks away and goes oh room <laughs> anyway she, uh, and then he zips up the, he zips up the dirt around his, <laughs> around his grave. And, and, a, and a rose comes up <laughs> but the rose starts bopping along to the song sure we sure know our silly symphonies yep anyway uh, he's gonna have to wait outside in the rain for the tow truck so she invites him in and this is a long sequence where nothing threatening happens at all but the movie Acts like lots of threatening but things. But I don't think that's a bad thing in a thriller. Like they, they could easily spend this time setting up, right. like the geography of the house to make that more scary. But here's the we thing: we talked about House of the Devil, like a movie where barely anything happens, but it's tense throughout the whole thing. I'll tell you what they do. Yeah, in house I'm of like the devil. shitting my pants the whole time in that movie. I'll tell you what they do. Well, that's a medical problem. <laughs> it's only an hour and a half long, dude. <laughs> I could shit my pants. I mean, it was a long. You shouldn't really be able to do that. It was a long time. Give me 20 minutes. I can figure this out. So dehydrated. I was sitting next to you, and it felt like a really long time. (laughs) You were like, yeah, you get up, and and he was like, no way, this movie's just too scary. Why you got your hands on your knees like that, Dan? You had your arm around me before. (laughs) What's going on? Arm around me. Uh, It's scary. I need comforting. As we always watch our movies (laughs) together. Cuddled up. Like that Fritz the Cat cover. Your hands just going into the top of of Stuart's shirt. Anyway. Here's what House of the Devil does that no good deed does not do. <laughs> house of the Devil plays with the quiet of the house and lets you read into it kind of how weird it is and the suspense of it. There's not a lot of music. And Tom Noonan's in it. Mm-hmm. Tom Noonan, who's instantly much scarier than Idris Elba, just as sexy, but scarier. <laughs> I don't know if I would want Tom Noonan's arms around me the same way I'd want Idris Elba's arms around It'll me. It'll be like having like a pumpkin head's arms around you. <laughs> Just these long, spindly yeah, I, things. Yeah, I haven't changed my stance on pumpkin head <laughs> arms around me. <laughs> but the, with this movie, they, the music is con- and the music and the way it's shot is constantly trying to get you to think it's suspenseful. And they keep flashing back to Idris Elba killing the woman we just saw him kill 10 minutes ago. Yeah. As Remember if it, this? To He's remind you. Yeah, hey, hey. I know Idris Elba's handsome, but don't forget he's a killer. Don't forget he's a murderer. He's a bad dude. He's a murderer. But like even a movie like The Guest plays with a character that you know is dangerous, but they they like instead of showing you what they've done, they include like vocal cues or like facial expressions to make it scary. This is this is relying so heavily on the on the music to provide scares, and that's not the best way to do something. And also like something like The Guest like plays with the fact that. You can make you can have a dangerous character who's also charming, mm-hmm. and like they, I think they try and do a little bit of that here, like in that Idris Elba is 
clearly like handsome to, to Taraji P Henson, and she's attracted to him. Handsome but he's to not, everybody. Yeah, but he's not like I don't he's know. Not, like, he's there's not. There's nothing interesting about him. He's not charming so much as he appears vulnerable at first. Yeah. And one thing I did like about that, at least, is that he is a scary guy who gets into a house by being somewhat realistically vulnerable. Like, not just like, oh, I was in a car crash, can I use your phone? But, like, he keeps stepping back and making her kind of, like, invite him in or make moves. But, at the, but like, that's a thing I wish they had done better or, like, drawn out more, that she, that he is letting her draw him into this dangerous situation. Yeah, it's this not like— This most dangerous game. <laughs> Pinochle. <laughs> Man, it's hard to bounce those peas on your nose. It's very dangerous for the peas. <laughs> the well, it's it's not like uh, like funny games where you have the the invaders basically like slow like making more and more effort to like push themselves in and taking more and more liberties with his family. He doesn't do that. No, he does none of that, and then it suddenly goes from zero to sixty. Yeah, which uh, which ruins the movie at that point. Because Leslie Bibb shows up. Before that, it was one hundred percent movie. Oh, it was impeccable. Yeah. Oh yeah, this was uh, <laughs> cinematic perfection. This was the Godfather we were watching. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is... So, Leslie Bibb shows up. What were you yeah, going to say? no, nothing. Leslie Bibb shows up to have their girls' night in. They're drinking wine with Idris Elba. Uh, drinking wed- red wine with white pants. That is dangerous. <laughs> that's Now, that was the real threat. <laughs> uh, that's, that's how you know Leslie Bibb likes to live on the edge. Yep, no farts allowed in those white pants. Well, wait, hold on. <laughs> no farts allowed. I don't know that that's typically an issue. <laughs> Welcome to Stuart Wellington. My sh- this is Stuart Wellington's No Farts Allowed, the only show with no farting. Leave them outside. For a man who, like... Just stick your butt in the window and and propel it outside for, the wait, room. Wait, wait, no, 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 there's no windows in my party. For a man who shed his pants for 90 minutes, he has a strong stance against farts. Draws the line at farts. If you're going to do it, go all the way. Yeah. <laughs> no half-seas. No half-measures hey, here. fence-sitter, poop better be coming out of your butt or else shut it up. <laughs> Anyway, this is gross. Like, like the old saying. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, Leslie Bibb goes on and on about how she doesn't want to get married. She just wants to have sex with all the penises she can find. Mm-hmm. She, sweet, uh, delicious penises. The, the baby, <laughs> sweet, amazing. Sweet, amazing. The, the baby starts crying, and Taraji goes up to take care of the baby. Leslie and Idris go out to the garage to have a smoke, and Idris Elba toys with trying to make Leslie Bibb think that he's having an affair with with uh, Taraji B. Henson, P. Henson, and then Elizabeth sees through it so fast and says, like, I'm going to find out who you are. This is kind of the moment that I, I think we, the viewer, realizes that Idris Elba, he's not actually very good at this. No. Mm-hmm. He isn't, like, he isn't some kind of, like, Machiavellian bad guy. He's not playing mind games with her very well. She sees through him almost instantly. And when she says, I'm going to find out mm-hmm. who you are, his response is to hit her in the face with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he goes, hey, and then hits her with a shovel in the face, <laughs> killing her. Uh, things get pretty bad from there. Uh, he tells uh, Meg, no, Meg is the other woman. He tells Terry that Meg left, but Terry sees Meg's umbrella right there. And so but she, she waits, never leaves without that umbrella. She loves that umbrella. <laughs> it's attached to her arm. It's her lucky umbrella. It saved her life. Uh, and she find, she tries to use the phone. The line has been cut. The lights go out for some reason, even though yeah, later that's... they're fine. Uh, and she goes upstairs to find Idris Elba playing with the daughter, as if he there's nothing wrong with him, but she can see he's got a gun tucked in the back of his pants. This is a thinly veiled threat <laughs> to her family. 
And a reference to a large penis, I think. <laughs> I don't know that. Oh, my bad. I think the gun is tucked into the back of his pants to threaten any farts that think they want to stick their heads out. <laughs> hey, you stay inside or else you're going to get blasted full of lead. Uh, she wastes no time in getting him away from her daughter and then hitting him in the face with a fire extinguisher. Well, she sprays him first. Sprays him in the face, hits, hits him in the head, and he falls down a flight of stairs. And it's yep. this, at this point that we realize zany. she is way better at this than he is. She's home-aloning him, basically. She is home-aloning him hard because throughout the movie now she hits him in the head with that with some kind of lamp vase she stabs him in the side with a knife she stabs him again with a letter opener like she is doing so much damage she's doing so many hit points of damage to oh, Selva. Yes. but he gets the upper hand because of the gun and so after making her stand in the shower with him and then they have a which a, is actually kind of a good scene. Which is a pretty icky, like tense scene. Like if any, that was, and he starts rubbing his towel against her face in a way that, in a better movie, would have been really like upsetting. You know, like that was a genuinely yeah, tense, like funny and disturbing games, the scene. Movie I just talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like in Towel Games, <laughs> the towel-based funny game sequel. Like that's one of those moments where you see like, oh, this could have been a really like unsettling movie. And then they, he changes his shirt in front of her, and he makes her change her shirt in front of him, and it's very creepy. And, yeah. then, and then we're back to him hitting her hitting him in the head with the vase and like running around. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he gets beat up in a way that reminded me of nothing so much as like how in Scream, like the murderer gets spends most of his time being like hit like a Three Stooges character. Which works in a movie that's both a horror movie and a comedy. Yeah, but uh, here those when don't so- exist. American Horror Story is inventing them right now. <laughs> but when you're supposed to believe that this is like an actual threat that you're supposed to take seriously, like, it's very hard it's to so believe unbalanced. in a threat where the woman who's at is supposed to be in danger can, can, almost, can at will Rizal. just Rizal. beat this guy up. And like, on the one hand, it's nice to see a movie where the woman is very capable. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't do that much stupid stuff. She's a little clumsy in the beginning, which is how they explain why her cell phone's broken. But, like, she doesn't make dumb mistakes or choices. But, like, it means that Idris Elba just kind of wanders into these traps. Well, it's a lot of it is, I think it's just a, the the screenwriter is like, I don't know how to end the scene. I'm just going to have him bonk him on the head. <laughs> and then she'll run to another room and then we'll have a new scene. Yeah. Well, it was written by Bonk of yeah. the uh, Turbo 64. The, the movie was originally titled Head Bonker. <laughs> it's like they're in a game of cat and also, mouse. If the cat and mouse are Tom and Jerry. <laughs> what do you say? I was just going to say Head Bonker is also the set. Like, that sounds like a porno movie. <laughs> but it's some kind of, I mean, it's just a blowjob movie, I, I guess. I mean, it's a caveman porno movie. <laughs> <laughs> caveman porno? Is there a big market for that? Yeah, there's a, there's, uh, I think there's another, uh, like, it's like a bang bus sort of thing. But they don't have buses. What are they riding they around? They have, dinosaur? like, giant stone wheels. <laughs> a bang wheel? <laughs> Come inside this wheel. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It's called yeah, cave. You, you hang out in the middle of it where the spoke would go. But yeah, you like you're really rolling dizzy. a tire you real dizzy, so you can't really have sex. <laughs> it's called cave bus. <laughs> anyway. Uh, she so Colin eventually forces her to drive him around for a while uh, with the kids in the car just as a threat. They, she manages to single signal with her lights to a police car. Yeah, they stretch the movie out by including a policeman character. The police officer pulls them over in a scene where if we didn't know Idris Elba was a murderer would totally be racial profiling. <laughs> this police officer instantly suspicious of anything these black people are going to say to him. Of course, he gets shot to death by Idris Elba. 
uh, after the policeman is like, ma'am, within ear, within earshot of it, ma'am, were you trying to get my attention when you flashed your not, lights at me? Not only within, you know, when you flashed your headlights at me, is that man not not supposed to be in that car? That man holding, uh, that, man holding that man holding your <laughs> that, yeah. that man. That ma'am? That man holding your baby. Yeah, exactly. Is he a bad guy or is he a good guy? Is he James Bond? Because then he has a license to kill. It's okay. Ma'am, ma'am is that guy holding your baby with his hands around her tiny, tiny neck? <laughs> is he a bad guy? That man who's a current physical threat to your children, <laughs> the only thing that means more to you than life itself. Were you trying to signal to me that he's afraid of trouble? That man with a super visible cut on his forehead that no one else can see. <laughs> yeah. That man that your other that your other daughter clearly said was not your 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 father. Is that man a danger to us? I like to think, oh, and I haven't even mentioned the magic baby who never gets upset or cries except yeah. that one time, even though he's being thrown around in closets and cars. Are you a baby cars. expert now? Uh, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm extrapolating from that that all babies yeah. are screaming all the time. <laughs> Stuart, and maybe you're doing it wrong. Stuart. A baby is like three dynamite <laughs> explosives. You just jar it slightly. A baby is like the trucks in Wages of Fear. You Just one bad bump and they're just screaming all over the sure. place. Sure, it's they like explode. all the vehicles in Las Vegas in Con Air. Like, you even <laughs> yeah. blow on that armored car, it's exploding. It blows right up. You asked if Elliot was a baby expert. In my experience, anybody who has one baby is a baby expert. <laughs> yeah, Dana Carvey has Burn. a baby. All his materials about babies from now. You're on. burnt, parent. Take that uh, not for quite procreating. Sure I understood the burn. Thinking that you know everything about babies. I mean, I know everything about one baby. Yeah. His name's Sammy. <laughs> All about Sammy. Let me show you some pictures. Oh, boy. Again? Everything, let me, and let me read you from my new book, Everything You Always Wanted to Know Sammy, but didn't want to ask. <laughs> Question one. I definitely didn't want to ask anything about it. <laughs> uh, the, so he, the, Idris Elba shoots the policeman because we need another body, uh, and then he drives, he, he forces Terry to drive him and the family to a house. This house, wait a minute, when they get inside... It's the house where he killed his ex-fiance, bum, 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 and she's still there. Uh, Terry's tied up or something, but he gets ties out. Up like a like a chunk in Goonies, in Goonies sort of yeah, situation. Yeah, it's, it's a full chunk like, scenario. Like, like a, a chunk. <laughs> like a chunk one in one chunks. of those Goonies. <laughs> one of them chunks, one of those truffle you know, shufflers. One of them chunks that are always getting tied up around Goonie things. <laughs> Goonies never say die, but they do get tied. Like Chunk. So, and then he gets dragged away from he gets dragged away from the situation because I don't remember why the car alarm goes off, which was set up earlier in the movie because it's a great thriller. Oh, that's right, because she can't turn the car alarm off earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it has a hair trigger car alarm. If a hair triggers it, mm-hmm. it has a car alarm that goes rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Hilarious. Oh boy. Hair. Anyway, it's late. So the, then uh, she gets, there's a phone call in the house and she answers the phone, for, I guess, to say there's danger. It's the dead Uh-oh. girl's cell phone. Uh-oh, the dead girl's cell phone rang. Here's the, the shocking twist in the movie. Are you movie. ready? If you don't Are want you to hear ready the for twist, the twist? Critics, Tear critics the plug your ears. Out of Criti- your ears. Critics were not supposed to know about it. No, please, don't reveal the horrifying twist of No Good Deed. But now... Are you ready for twist? Bum 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 Because it turns out bum 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 Because here's what it is. Yeah, here's what the twist is. The phone call is from Terry's husband. He wasn't Jeffrey? Go- he wasn't going on. But a- he was such a faithful husband. <laughs> That's so, so we thought. Avid golfer. I'm a guessing. I'm guessing workout enthusiast. <laughs> Child disliker. Polo shirt wearer. Polo shirt wearing manicurist. Child not helping with devil bearded Jeffrey. It turns out was having an affair 
with Idris Elba's ex-fiance, it wasn't a random chance that brought Idris Elba into the life of Terry mm. and her family. It was revenge. Oh. On he ABC. obsessed. Yes. Yeah. On prom night. <laughs> <laughs> The wire. <laughs> and it's the Pacific Rim. Oh, we missed the joke about him cutting the phone wire. Uh, uh, go, we'll just rewind it, Dan. Yeah. All right. Plug it in know, later. That's, uh, I mean, we didn't say anything Post. about stringer alarm bells either. <laughs> <laughs> or how he's stringering her along yeah. with his tails of Ruck. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so it turns out Idris Elba was doing this for revenge. Jeffrey is not a good guy. He's a bad man. Terry needs to kick him to the curb. But first, Terry's got to kick Idris Elba out of her life. Which How does she do it? Surprisingly easily. Almost easily, instantly by stabbing him in the uh, in the side a bunch of times and then shooting him in the chest a bunch of times. Or maybe is, it, shot is this the a gut. sequence where she bars the door with a <laughs> she with a, oh, she a has cabinet her, or whatever? This is when she, she does she has puts a, a balsa wood cabinet up. <laughs> she puts a she moves a dresser in front of the door to block it, then ties a, ro- a rope of sheets out the window. He pushes the door open <laughs> as if as if that cabinet was made out of dreams and wishes. <laughs> as if she had placed like a cardboard promotional stand-up from a video store <laughs> on the other side of the door. He has no trouble breaking through it. He sees the open window and the sheets, goes, oh, they climbed out. He leaves the house. She walks out of the closet. Yep, she was playing mind games with him. Once again, proving that she is way more formidable a foe than this multi-murderer. Yeah. He eventually gets the gun. He has a drop on her. Uh, Justin, Tom- he's about to shoot her in the face, I guess. And then <laughs> her daughter's like, Mommy? That makes him turn. She kicks him in the balls. She yeah. beats the shit out of him. He gets a couple punches in, but nothing doing not, real damage. No, not enough. She to like really blasts get... him with a she fireplace shoots thing him out of the window. <laughs> she shoots him so many times, he falls back out of the window. Yeah, she drops some like equilibrium gun cop <laughs> on him and blasts him out the window, yeah. just in time for her fucking husband to show up. Like, well, if the, you're a husband, well, please show up. But then if you're husband. a cheating husband, you don't want to show up to see your wife just totally beat the shit out of this huge monster of a dude, a guy who's roughly the same size as you. Well, almost exactly the same size. And she has a type Elliot. And That's then, true. And then at the end, she punches her husband like it's an 80s comedy. <laughs> and what was missing, like I, what I was saying, was a lady policewoman going, uh-huh. Yeah, the two, that and like there weren't the like flashing blue police lights. You didn't see, you know how like 80s movie, police yeah. movies had they those like really flashing lights those that light are like. pan over from the flashing lights. Like look, everything yeah. else is dark with occasional flashes of blue light, basically. Yeah. Like they decide to cut their headlights and only have that light lighting the scene. It's more atmospheric. Uh, we then go to, I guess, the future, where she is the moving. The future. She is moving into, but not like, no, not like 100 years later. She, she flies her like, hover car like into the She is a brain in a jar. And Idris Elba's brain, brain is terrorizing She's a brain her. in a jar piloting some sort of Shoggoth designed rocket ship. In the Coca Cola Atlanta Arcology. <laughs> They find, yeah, the aliens sifting through the rubble of our civilization find her skeleton and reconstruct the story. Idris Elba's character is referred to as a shadow runner because he (laughs) has no social identity number. (laughs) What? Yeah, and they're all clones. Uh, But she has moved... That's the new twist. She has moved into a new house with her kids. She She has a new blonde best friend. She's dressing more like a professional (laughs) woman, and she has a new thin blonde friend. I think you are... I think she's more of a babysitter. Yeah, Yeah. she's an employee at this point. She returns the unused portion of her Leslie bib to the manufacturer (laughs) and received a discount on a new one. (laughs) 
I'd like the half bib model, please. <laughs> a little less sass on the edges. We have a Leslie Bib Fortuna. It's a new thing. <laughs> oh, gross. It's Leslie Bib, but she has two big Twi'lek worms coming out of her head. She used those uh, Twi'lek worms to communicate. <laughs> and Terry goes, uh, no Java Wonga. And they both laugh. <laughs> freeze frame. <laughs> freeze frame. And then Cut freeze frame plays. Cut to a shot of Salacious Crumb eyeballing Java's tail. And then sit, ubu, sit, good dog, and we're done. That's tonight's episode of No Good Deed. No Good Deed was taped in front of a dead studio audience. Brought to you by that fudge place. I can't remember. How come t- it was called Bakersfield Fudge? That fudge place is their competitor. <laughs> that fudge place was was the was the uh, that is was, the off brand was the sponsor for a totally different text based radio adventure. It was the Hitchhikers yeah, yeah, radio text well, Hitchhikers, which was a radio show. <laughs> yeah, it's was the weird part. You're about mixing it. things up. Well, that fudge place hasn't been here for forty years. How did Tales from the Crypt not announce the end of its episodes? Tales from the Crypt was t- filmed in front of a dead studio audience. I don't know that. If we ever do a new Tales from the Crypt, let's call it Tales from the Flop Crypt. XXX of parody. We are. <laughs> we'll end it with that. We are on the market to do new Tales from the Crypt. Let's make that clear to any producer. If out you there. have the rights to Tales from the Crypt, the TV show, come to us. We will drop. I'm guessing William Sadler, probably. <laughs> uh, maybe I guess. <laughs> Uh, so I don't care how many demon knights we gotta fight or bordellos of blood we have to sleep our way through. I don't care how many Wayne knights we have to stop. You think you can take Wayne Knight? I mean, the three of us. Man, can take this Wayne beard Knight. is making you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got beard madness. You saw how sweaty he was in that scene in Basic Instinct. He'd slip right through our fingers. He's got so much body, dude. You keep hitting him in the piece like King Hippo. He'll keep blocking yeah. that shit. <laughs> He's got a lot of body. Okay, so the naughty with the mm, body. This uh, uh, this Wayne Knight has a lot of a full body. Uh, I'm detecting hints of, of, hints of Newman. Uh, so we got to move slightly on. nutty or nighty flavor. We got to do our. Um, now I want to see a, a Looney Tunes called Nighty Night Bugs, but it's Bugs Bunny be- bewildering Wayne Knight. Uh, we got to do say. our uh, final judgments, whether this was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like. Stu, where you got to go with oh, this? Oh, man, I didn't really think about it. Uh, I'd, probably say, I'd probably say a bad, bad movie. Uh, it's not goofy enough to be a good, bad movie, and it's certainly not a movie I kind of liked. Yeah, I'm going to go bad, bad, too. I wanted it to be <clears> good, bad, because there is a lot of silliness in it, and it's short, but uh, I don't know. Not a lot of laughs there. We had a lot of laughs tonight, guys, but not, not, <laughs> not watching not the, movie. the movie. Not from the movie. No. They're mostly from Nor made up listening nonsense. at home. If people are going to watch it, and to, if people are like, I can't wait to see that No Good Deed. It has all that Radio Zork stuff in it. <laughs> nope. So I'm going to say Bad Bad also. It was not quite crazy enough to be a good bad. So before we move on, we do have a few sponsors tonight, or two to be exact. <clears throat> Stuart, I believe uh, so you guys, have to say. Uh, watching new, uh, No Good Deed tonight, I learned that the uh, I learned that guys like Jeffrey, the husband of Taraji P. Henson, and Colin Idris Elba's characters, you know, they're not really good at handling their relationships or their women. They're poor role models. So you don't want to be that type of guy. You don't want to fall out of touch with that special someone in your life. 
Okay. You know, or, guys. Or in the case of Idris Elba, touch them too much by snapping their neck. <laughs> in some kind of choke slam situation. Guys, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. It is? Oh, it no. Uh oh. So look around that corner and see that our friends at Pro Flowers have a deal for you. What is this deal, Stuart? Okay, 100 Blooms of Love is the name of the deal, and it's available with a free glass vase for only $19.99. That's amazing, 100 Harold Blooms for only $19.99. And you know what, Elliot? You can impress that special lady in your life my even wife. more. <laughs> or whoever. <laughs> no. I'm not going to require anything. We're no, we're no judgment. No, it's my you wife. You can impress her even more by whoever. upgrading. You can add gourmet chocolates and a stuffed bear. Think Ewok. Uh, by just oh. adding $9.99 more to your order, okay? That's gourmet chocolates and an Ewok. For, I'm not going to do that math. <laughs> <laughs> so you just need to go to proflowers.com like <laughs> and use the code FLOPHOUSE. Now, That's guys, proflowers.com, code FLOPHOUSE. Guys, one of the things I love about ProFlowers is that they're a big supporter of podcasts, mm-hmm. um, all That's kinds true. of podcasts, and you know, right now, they even have like a microphone button on their order page. Like, it's built in. They so you love can talk podcasts. to the flowers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So this mm-hmm. is also, you guys at home, this is your chance to show your lo- show Pro Flowers and show your love of the Flophouse. So this Valentine's Day, your real true love. The Flophouse Podcast. <laughs> I don't know, or your mom, who knows? <laughs> Whoever needs flowers in your life, okay? So you just need to go to proflowers.com. You need to click on the blue microphone button in the top right corner. Yeah, just look over there and click on it. Do it right and now. And then I'll type t- in the code... Flophouse. F-L-O-P-H-O-U-S-E. One word? One word. I'll One tell you something. beautiful I'll, word. I'll tell you something. Guys like flowers, too. I'll tell you that. We got we got some flowers from Pro, Pro Flowers. It's nice. Yeah, it was very beautiful. nice. Spuces, spruces up the place. Everyone yeah. knows guys like flowers. Guys like the famous painter, George O'Keefe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George. <laughs> and his beautiful paintings of desert flowers and kettle skulls. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I think I've said this before last time we had a Pro Flowers spot. I had a very positive experience with the Pro Flowers. There was a problem with my delivery. Pro Flowers handled everything perfectly. They were great. 1-800-Flowers, which I also tried, was terrible. So, Pro Flowers, you have earned my undying loyalty. Mm -hmm. Stuart, was there more for to say? Nope. Just go to ProFlowers.com, click on the blue microphone, use code FLOPHOUSE, all one word. Uh, I also wanted to say... That this week, Flophouse is brought to you in part by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform that makes building your own website simple and easy. Not Squarespace. No. Not Squarespace. <laughs> no. Not Squire Spuds. No. <laughs> That's when Spuds McKenzie was a these square all, to a night. <laughs> these are all made-up websites, and some of them are made-up words. No, what about Scarespace? Well, that's the spookiest web designer. Again, if you have the if you have the rights to tales from the crypt, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the crypt keepers <laughs> startup concern. But no, we're talking about Squarespace. It makes it easy for you to have a website. Everyone should have a website these days, even you. Squarespace, especially you, has beautiful templates, integration with Google Apps and Getty Images, <laughs> and responsive design. So for a free trial and 10% off your first order, go to squarespace.com and enter the code FLOP. Squarespace. (laughs) So just FLOP. Yeah, just FLOP. So it's FLOP house for pro flowers, FLOP for Squarespace. Yeah. Thanks for that reminder. (laughs) Um, Two great companies. For those at home keeping score. Patronize them both. It's Elliot 5, Dan 7. What? (laughs) 
but it's like golf, right? And the lower score wins. Don't worry. Dan keeps choosing A on the Radio Zork options, and that's getting him farther in the game. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do you think it's okay to finish someone else's food? Do you have a fight with your friend over whether or not he should wear his Phillies garb to a Colorado Rockies game? Does your wife want to keep a chamber pot in her art studio? If so, please do not write in to Judge John Hodgman. I heard all those cases already. Judge John Hodgman is the show where I, John Hodgman, adjudicate disputes between real people calling in over the internet, and I tell them who is right and who is wrong over such important issues as is a machine gun a robot and is it okay to go through the garbage at the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage? Bail of Jesse Thorne rounds out the cast for a fun-filled podcast of judgment and justice. Kind of two of the same thing, actually. Judge John Hodgman, take a listen if you do not mind. I order it. Come visit the courtroom. It is open to all and located at MaximumFun.org. Next up on the docket is letters from listeners. Letters, spot up. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, Elliot certainly does. That is the you <laughs> suffer of radio letter songs. I got up at 5.30 today. So, so uh, let's do kids, this. Kids, am I right? Speaking of kids, picks up microphone, walks in front of brick wall. Hey, any parents in the audience tonight? What's the deal with kids and candy? They love it. John okay. Candy, I mean, star of Uncle Buck. And, and who's Harry Crumb? And of course, wait, Delirious. Wait, wait a minute. Who is Harry Crumb? Robert Crumb's brother. And Salacious he, Crumb's he nephew. Suicide. It's very tragic. He's an uncle? What? I wish there was a market for a parody movie called Who is Salacious Crumb? Alas, there is not. All right. Well, much anyway. in the way the fact the way that my Lester Del Rey, Lana Del Rey joke has no audience. It's really obvious that we did some guest spots on <laughs> Star Wars Minute this week. <laughs> yeah. I uh, so I actually forwarded this email to you guys a little while back, but I wanted to read it remember. on the air. I tore it up for. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to read it on the air for reasons that are obvious. It's from Lou last night. Last Dear Flophouse, Dan's the best. I love Dan. He's so <laughs> handsome. He's like White Idris Elba. <laughs> I or Idris Welba. <laughs> I am a very Marcus big... Welba. It's Marcus Welby and Idris Elba put together. Okay. I am a very big fan from Denmark, and I would also like to thank 25 you. Twenty-five feet tall. <laughs> I want you to call a BFG, a big flophouse giant. I would like to thank you for an amazing podcast. I'm not just a big fan. I'm also a good fan. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm also a good. I'm also a man. <laughs> I'm also a good fan, so if you need to be cooled off, just ask me to come on by. I'm electric. Shut up. Boogie woogie woogie. I describe myself as a fan first and a man second. Both of them big. I call it a fan. It's a portmanteau of fan and man. I'm not... Uh, <laughs> or a fanon. Franz fanon, that is. The colonialist theorist. Okay. I'm not just a big fan starring Patton Oswalt. I'm also a good friend, a good friend of Mads Mikkelsen's daughter. Uh, I told Mads off. some time ago that you were mad about Mads, and he got really surprised and happy and proud. Last time I saw him, he told me he'd listened to your podcast and thought it was really fun. He told me he's mad about you guys now, too. So congratulations. you got a new fan in Mads Mikkelsen. Lou, last name withheld. Now, Lou, Lou. if you are lying to us, if do you not are fuck with if us. If you are fucking catfishing us with this shit. Do not toy with, with our emotions, you Lou. piece of shit. <laughs> 
If you are lying to us, I will never forgive you. But, but if you're not lying, you are an angel. You are my favorite person ever. That's you're amazing. But if you were lying to me, Fuck you. Like, Lily. it would make me so ha- It would give me so much pleasure to know that, like, somewhere Mads Mickelson approves of if us. If you are telling the truth, I need to know when your birthday is. No, we need, I need to celebrate what your we birthday. Need, <laughs> as a holiday. We need, what we need is a photo of Mads Mickelson holding up today's newspaper <laughs> and a picture Wait, of like the, the flop d- house. The day we recorded this? Or what? Any day. A picture of the flop house. <laughs> so what, we know it's not a picture. It's not an image of Mads Mickelson with the flop house from 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like a picture of his phone. It feels like it seems like the today is the day is yeah, newspaper yeah, yeah. is yeah, totally yeah. holding up a newspaper that says Germany invades Poland or something. <laughs> like, is this in the future? What, what happens? Okay. That would be the most amazing. I would be so excited if this is true. If it's not true, again, you're dead to me, Lou. <laughs> but if it is true, that's amazing. I, I like I feel like I want I want proof, some sort of proof. But I feel weird asking for proof when he's already done yeah, so like much for hairs, us. Yeah, like hairs, maybe underpants, who cares? Yeah. No, too yeah. much. Normal stuff. <laughs> some sort of uh, souvenir from the set of Hannibal. You sure. sent us a vial of blood. <laughs> they yeah, got send, plenty of that around send there. Send us some long pig or something. I don't know, whoa, whatever. Whoa, whoa, wait, what's whoa. that? I don't, is that like a... Huh? Wait, what? It's like a stretch limo for pigs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a pig stretch limo. But here, so that would be... I cannot overstate how exciting and awesome that would be if it's true. But if it's not true, don't make me cry on air, don't okay? Don't patronize us with this mad about Mads bullshit. Because <laughs> we are so mad about Mads, and we'll be mad at you, but not in the mad about Mads way. Ugh, I feel like that letter took me on a real emotional Such, roller yeah, coaster. So many ups and downs. Okay. It's like thinking he was not a murderer and then finding out he's totally a murderer. Well, like in No Good Deed, the movie. <laughs> oh, right. This one goes like this. Because are we gonna? Can we like start hanging out with Mads Mikkelsen? Like I don't that's know, the thing. man. I mean, He's I got would a be busy up for schedule. It. I'm sure. I mean, we didn't even talk about Hannibal. We could talk about Valhalla just, Rising or something. Or yeah, the hunt. we're just talking about hanging out. I'm not talking about like we're not marrying, working him. out with him every day or something. <laughs> Doesn't Although, have to be a regular thing. I mean, just would, like a one-time thing. I don't and think nobody has to know. Just about like it. when he's in town, we could you not know? keep up working out with Matt. He was no, a he's, gymnast. He's man. in way better shape than we'll ever be. Yeah. yeah, maybe I could pick up a few moves off of him though, like <laughs> the splits. Yeah, for your gymkata competition. <laughs> Wait, there's competitions in gymkata. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just the deadly, the combination of the, the art of gymnastics. of gymnastics and the kill of karate. Yeah, that what Dan said. Yeah, they have competitions in it. Really, by, you by kill way, people? I don't even know that you. Kill people in karate. A, I mean, you do if you do if it you're poorly. Doing it right. If you do it right, if you use a gun, then yeah. <laughs> Haven't so, you seen the Karate Kid? At the end, when he shoots that Cobra Kai kid. Um, so Mads, please write in. So, uh, or next, if you're in town, come by the Daily Show. Yeah, just come by. Yeah, if you yeah, or wherever I'm at, <laughs> just come by my house. <laughs> just use the Where's Stewart app. Stewart can probably get you free beers. We can get you free tickets. Yeah, I like, can like certainly a show. Free like beers. Mads Mickelson can't talk himself into a bar for free beers. Come on. All right, sure. Um, coolest man in Denmark. So this next one, this next letter, uh, is on a topic <laughs> that <for> we've. <laughs> yeah, because it could have been literally anything that there was one of. It's on a topic. The only thing we knew was it was not Siamese twins you were talking about. <laughs> a topic, Sorry, conjoined twins. A topic we've already addressed uh, tangentially in this episode. Zork. I've always felt great affection for the Crypt Keeper, but it feels like we never got to know him beyond what we could extrapolate from his brief introductory messages. What's he doing in his time off? <laughs> How do you get the job of presenting these stories? 
Looking forward to your insights. Sincerely, Anton, last name withheld. LeVay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knows, Anton LeVay knows what's going on, Ellie. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's hanging out with the Crypt Keeper all the time. I mean, I assume that he spends most of his time off in the Crypt, just like being dead. Being dead, yeah. And then he's woken by passersby who want to hear spooky stories. I would imagine he got his job, I don't know, doing, like, working the stand-up circuit. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's obviously been in the biz a long time. <laughs> yeah, because he's like a desiccated corpse. Well, the thing is, like, <laughs> I was gonna say because he's good at puns. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Like, <laughs> it took a while for like pun-based humor to come back around. Still hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> if the if the angry looks like it at work or any indication. <laughs> I like the idea that someone heard the Crypt Keeper doing his like entirely like pun-based stand-up routine, and they're like, "I yep. have a job for you." Introducing terrifying tales. Well, they tried. They tried to build an "Everybody Loves Raymond" <laughs> type show around him, and it didn't quite work. Everyone loves Crypty. <laughs> Everybody loves Screaming. Is that like screaming? That's not even a pun. It's just sound alike. My new show, Mad About Boo. <laughs> It's not even trying that hard. <laughs> no, it's not even it. like A-list material. Uh, d- just the dead of us. Okay, that works. What is it? A parody of just the ten of us? <laughs> yeah. So it's like super religious. My new show, the new ghoul. You're what? But you're not a ghoul, Crypty. <laughs> it's the new dead ventures of old Christ ghost. <laughs> Crypty, you know what? You gotta, you gotta go back on the circuit and workshop this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you know, as a as a horror host, gold. Oh, he was great. I, now I want to see a new Crypt Keeper thing where he's like fat and out of shape, and he's not doing well, and he has to be he has to be coached back into doing. I puns would love well. to see. A... I mean, he's fat mostly because like there's gas bloating because <laughs> he's going through the process of decomposition. Yeah. yeah, I would love to see like a Univision Spanish language variety show, but hosted by the Crypt Keeper and Elvira. <laughs> Historios, wouldn't that be cryptos. amazing? Though, right? Yeah, sure, that would be great. So Elvira and Crypt Keeper must hang out all the time. You would think, right? And talk about like what a bitch Vampira was. Oh my god. Um, they so must have like it's like the poker scene in uh, or they once playing again. Bridge if you have the rights to this thing, we would love to <laughs> be involved. It's like in Sunset Boulevard when Norma Desmond has her old Hollywood friends come over, and it's like Buster Keaton and HQ Warner and like Anna Nilsson, like real stars of the of the silent era. Crypt Keeper and Elvira have a have a, a regular poker game, and it's like them and. Who like Rod Serling's ghost, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and somebody else? I don't know. Because that's scarier than normal Rod Serling. Because well, he's dead. <laughs> Wait, he's dead. He died like twenty years, twenty some odd years ago. But then, but, but all the letters he's been sending back to me. Uh, are there like uh-huh? other like? Does it have to be a horror host, or could like I don't know, like Rhonda Shear and Gilbert Godfrey drop by too? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Rhonda Shear and Elvira are pretty close. Yeah. yeah. And Gilbert Godfrey is probably pretty free. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, he's got a podcast. He's got, yeah, he's got a very popular podcast. Just because he's not voicing any insurance ducks right now. Yeah, I'm just saying he's probably got some free time okay. to be on a show, dude. Now, Dan, that makes a good question. Who would you take, Elvira or Rhonda Shear? Be honest. I would take Elvira. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I would too, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it might, it's mostly a brunette thing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but Rhonda Shear, you know. No, we're n- none of us are, are. No, no, we're not. This is not disparaging. Ron I don't. Yeah, I, I was. I just want to make sure this wasn't one of Stewart's hamburger steak situations. <laughs> mm, the hamburger steak. I could go for one of those. <laughs> that sounds great. It's okay, a steak burger, dude. Steak, it's a steak on a bun. Okay. Well, the last letter of the night. I've saved the best for last. I don't although know. it's hard to top. 
it's hard Mads to talk Mads Mikkelsen we'll being a fan. Uh, or at least approving. So this letter goes a little something like this. It actually goes exactly like this, because I'm reading it <laughs> verbatim. verbatim. Sure. Jonathan, Fur- Jonathan Fuller, Giorgio of Castle Freak here. Greatly looking forward to meeting Stuart and Dan and Elliot, I hope, at the <laughs> Alamo Draft House screening. I'll be there. Especially seeing, I'll be there too. Especially seeing it on a big screen. Your fans must be saying, it's about fucking time. Thanks for all the yeah. plugs. I only wish I got residuals off this film, especially with the number of people you must have turned on to it. How does he not? I don't know. That's shady contracting Full Moon not, Productions. Not yeah, Charles Band, pay it forward. That's, uh, no, that's pay, that's it, pay it backward. I guess backward, yeah. Uh, and for the record, no, Giorgio does not rip off his own ding dong. Oh, no. It was Stuart. Straight from Turn the off the podcast. Mouth. Turn it off. I don't want people to hear this. It was Stuart Gordon's idea that Giorgio's mother has cut it off when he started showing signs of puberty while chained to the wall of his cell years before the action of the film begins. So you heard it here first. I'll be happy to share that or keep it a secret <laughs> so as not to ruin a good joke. Spoiled. Oh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to meet you. Would love to hear from you beforehand. Best, Jonathan Fuller, the freak. Very nice. So he got in touch with you and not with Stuart? No, he got in touch through the website. Ah, I see. And I I, I withheld this a little bit. Um, So Stuart, would you you like to plug a certain event screening? Yeah, yeah, I was about to mention that. So on February 21st at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers, New York, lovely Yonkers, New York, who've Mm -hmm. been very supportive of the Flophouse. Easy to get lost there. They're hosting, uh, I'm I'm going to be involved in hosting a screening, uh, screening with Jonathan Fuller of the movie Castle Freak. It's a rare 35-millimeter print. Uh, this is going to be a rare opportunity for you to get to see Castle Freak in the theater. I've never seen it. And the Castle it was not, Freak in the flesh. Now, it was not released in it theaters, was not, right? It was not released in theaters. So this it was could a video possibly release. be the only 35-millimeter print there is. Yeah, I, I, that's what I think. Um, they, they screened it down in Texas back in October, and that's when Christina, the, the organizer from uh, the Yonkers Theater, figured it out and set up this screening so much love to Christine. So you're not even seeing this movie as it was meant to be seen by the director you're seeing it better than it was ever meant exactly. to be seen. I mean Stuart's already seen it as it was meant to be seen by the director in I think a basement I've, somewhere <laughs> with himself inventing scenes. I think I've seen it on VHS, DVD and Blu-ray so I'm wow. very excited about it. And a, you, uh, you acted it out with that action figure that you got. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to get that action figure autographed by awesome. Jonathan Fuller. So if you are in the New York area or even not and feel like making a trip, please come down. You'll get a chance to BS with the, the Flophouse and some other folks, uh, including Jonathan Fuller. On, Giorgio uh, himself. Giorgio himself. So you can ask him why he crushed all of my dreams. <laughs> um, and, Ding dong dreams <laughs> and champagne wishes. And as, as long as we're, <laughs> as long as, we're, <laughs> as long as we're doing plugs, uh, I just quickly want to say on February the nineteenth, I'm doing two things at six o'clock. <laughs> that was very cryptic. <laughs> two public things. Well, I'm getting to them at six o'clock uh, at the New York uh, Public Library Performing Arts Library at Lincoln Center. I'll be part of a panel. Uh, talking about 10 years of Channel 101 New York. Um, and that's free to the public, but you have to reserve seats. And then at 9.30, I'll be doing improv as part of the Daily Show Writers and Staffers Improv Show at the UCB Theater. I'll just toss up some links to that on our website. Sure. So February 19th, 
two ways to see me, if you so choose. <laughs> a, a duo of Dan. <laughs> a duo? Yeah, Dan two ways. If it was on Top <laughs> Chef, that's how they would present yeah, it. Uh, this is a, a deconstructed Dan. Uh, it's a beard, a sweater, and a, and a, a tumbler <laughs> and a, of scotch on a plate. A, a picture of some wife's butt. <laughs> <laughs> some wife's. Uh, I don't have any personal appearances to plug, but uh, as long as we're plugging things, yeah. I'll plug uh, my... Un- <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, come on. Stop. Come on. I'll, I'll continue. I'll plug uh, my continuing series from Marvel, Spider-Man and the X-Men. Issue two came out this month. Uh, Which was oh, this great. Last month, January. It was great. Thank you very much. And uh, the next issue will come out in February. So, Are there uh, going to be any panels as viral as the panel from your last episode? If, you've, if anyone has seen uh, the panel of Sauron telling Spider-Man, I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. It's from my book, <laughs> Spider-Man and the X-Men, so Copyright buy that Elliot stuff. Kalen. Not exactly. Uh, so buy that thing. You laughed at it when it was on Imager yeah. or Tumblr or whatever. Every time it gets retumbled, you get like a, a nickel, right? I get nothing. <laughs> but uh, the, but uh, if you liked that tweet that you saw on everybody's Twitter feed, pick up the next issue, issue three, or go back and pick up the last two issues, issues one and two. Uh, and I, I want to say, as long as we're plugging things, let's plug our uh, network. You kind of had to plug. <laughs> no, no, no. Remember there was a time when I didn't have things to plug, guys? I'm plugging. I'm very proud of you, sir. You've come a long way. Yeah, well, yeah. on behalf of all of us, uh, we should toss out a plug for our wonderful podcasting network, MaximumFun.org, where there are a lot of great podcasts. Uh, two of my personal favorites, uh, Jordan Jesse Go, which was kind enough to have me on a couple times, and my brother, my brother, and me, who uh, were kind enough to say some very nice things about us in the last podcast. That is very nice. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like if you like our show, mm-hmm. like... You'll like their they're shows. They're like, yeah, it's a very similar show. Like, it, it, our show about bad movies, but not really just about bullshit. Their show is about advice, but not really. It's mostly about and bullshit. And I'm a huge fan of their their sister show that's also on our network, The Adventure Zone, which is yeah. the three of those guys and their their dad playing... <laughs> Uh, playing D&D as a huge D&D fan and a big gamer myself. Uh, it's just super awesome to hear those guys just goof around and hear the adventures of Merle, uh, Magnus Burnsides, and Taco the Elf. <laughs> hey, what about Judge John Hodgman? Yeah. That's a great our, podcast, our too. Our buddy uh, John Hodgman of the... Mustache and the wisdom. So we can check. We, we yeah, can I guess check that's out. The, that's the name of what? His bar? <laughs> yeah. The mustache and wisdom? That's his pub? Yeah. But there, I mean, there's a lot of great podcasts at maximumfun.org. Bullseye, Lady to Lady, One Bad Mother, Risk, Song Exploder, Wham Bam Pow, a lot more. So check it out. We have recommended all these podcasts. We don't have to do it for a while, right? No, what, wow. Wow. We just You're checked off that box. Like fucking... It's not a chore, Stuart. We do it because we like it, and yes. Um, so, uh, moving on to our final segment of the evening, recommendations, movies we saw that we actually liked, unlike If you made it this far, this, just keep listening. I don't even remember what the name of the movie was. It was called was. One Good Deed, the okay. story of a piece of real estate and a very well-written legal ownership document. It's the sequel to Mr. Deeds. <laughs> Elliot. And it's all about... It's an alternate reality where Mr. Deeds goes evil, so there's no good deeds in this uh, universe. I get you. I get it. Do you want to recommend something? Yes, I do want to recommend okay. something. Uh, How handy, since that's part of the segment. Now, there were times when we were watching No Good Deed when we said, is this really a movie? I'd like to recommend a movie I enjoyed, but while watching it, you might also ask, is this really a movie? And that movie is a movie, so it's a qualified recommendation. That movie is Roma. 
which okay. is a later Federico Fellini movie. And a type of tomato. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but Roma is kind of his portrait of the Rome he knows. So there isn't a plot so much as there's a series of vignettes that are kind of loosely connected around the idea of his experiences of Rome. And there are a few segments in it that I find, I think, are really fantastic. There's a beautiful one where they go to see, this film crew goes to see the subway that's being constructed under Rome, and they hear about how they have to keep changing the path of the trains because there's so much history buried under Rome's streets that they keep hitting archaeological sites. And they make their way into a... They discover this room full of these beautiful ancient Roman frescoes. Yeah, like national treasure. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and tragically, the frescoes are not long for this world. Uh, there are some other segments that are really interesting, even though they go on a little too long. There's one where it's supposed to give you the impression of what it's like to drive into Rome on the highway, and it's this kind of long nightmare of chaos and confusion there are other segments that don't work quite as well. Uh, there's a clergy fashion show later in the film that I find uh, too obvious and boring. So I would say feel free when you're watching Roma to like use the fast forward button if you want to at times. It's a movie that is best, I think, treated as a buffet to sample. But there's a lot of really great stuff in it. It feels a lot like flipping through Federico Fellini's sketchbook, looking at like kind of half-formed ideas or sequences that he didn't have another place for. But there's a lot of really good stuff in it, including perhaps the most frightening scene of men hiring prostitutes that I've ever seen, where the men are just in kind of this dank basement and the prostitutes parade in front of them yelling at them, why are you not hiring me? Are you men? Come on, pick me up, hire me. And it was, all I could think was, I'm so glad I'm not in that that brothel. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I am a frequenter of brothels, but that's especially one I don't want to be in. Um, Well, while we're recommending movies that are barely movies, I would like to recommend the movie Happy Christmas. It's a mumblecore movie by Joe Swanberg. uh, And that movie is an experiment almost, I feel like, in can we make a movie with the minimum amount of conflict? And uh, the basic... It's even looser than my previous recommendation, Drinking Buddies. Yeah, well, Drinking Buddies, I feel like like that has a real conflict of like, what do you do when you're you run best. out of drinks. Well, what what, what do you do <laughs> you when you buy more beer, dude? <laughs> what do you do when you're involved with someone, but your best friend is also like? Yeah, there's like built-in tension. There's like in the like a romantic tension. Like this movie, there's very little conflict. It's basically a um, this. Uh, What's her name from that singing movie? Well, this gentleman. <laughs> Uh, Julie Andrews? There's a couple. And she the, can be in the movie if you put a picture of Julie Andrews on the TV. Oh, no, stop him. <laughs> there's Somebody a couple. Put a bag on his face. Uh, with a young baby and the uh, father. As opposed to the old babies. <laughs> and the father's. <laughs> this elderly baby from Benjamin Button. <laughs> and the father's. Doesn't get a lot of work. Oh, God. It's a gross baby. It's such a simple premise. I was talking about Then why are you having so much trouble? Uh, this guy's uh, sister moves back in briefly with this couple and the sister's a bit of a ne'er-do-well, a bit directionless following a breakup, kind of a screw-up, and there's just sort of minor conflict with her living with this family. Like Francis Ha? Uh, I thought there's a fairly major conflict in Francis Ha. I didn't actually see Francis Ha. Francis Ha's a good movie. But um, it... It stars uh, uh, what? What's her face? Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. <laughs> Did you see this movie? <laughs> Anna Kendrick is the uh, is the woman who moves in with the couple and Melanie. She sings that song in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And, when I'm gone, 
When I'm gone. That one. Let no. it go. Let no. it go. No. no, she did not. That's Indina Menzel. Just consider yourself at home. No, that's Oliver from the movie Oliver. Oh. Well, that's the art for Dodger, actually. Uh, Tradition. No. no, that's. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. That's Prince. That's a Prince song. <laughs> wow, he sings his own guitar licks. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, that's how they sound so good. But I like. Moving right along. Do, 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 do. I like Anna Kendrick a lot, and I like Melanie Linsky a lot. Who plays the uh, young mother and the sister-in-law to Anna Kendrick? Okay, uh, both really st- strong actresses, and this is a like just it's just a likable movie, a movie that's very pleasant to watch, and uh, <laughs> and there's there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for like spending sure, ninety have, minutes enjoy yourself <laughs> in the company of. <laughs> Likeable people who don't necessarily have like huge problems, but the problems that they do have are relatable ones. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so why is life always got to be a hassle? You, you know? earned it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for uh, okay, guys. only interrupting me every two seconds. <laughs> That's Stuart, what we do. We've had a couple of base hits tonight, guys. I'm going to okay. give you a home run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to recommend a movie from earlier this year. This is going to continue my trend of recommending movies that feature uh, sci-fi movies that feature doubles of people. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie called Coherence, which is a micro-budget movie that begins with a... uh, The budget was a shoe. Yep. And they had to (laughs) chop that shoe up and trade it up. Uh, I guess one inch of film. I'll take it. Uh, It begins with eight friends sitting around a house that is the primary uh, setting of the movie. Um, that are having a dinner party while a celestial event is going on. There's a comet passing very close to Earth, and it uh, and the power goes out, and then a number of other ex- inexplicable things begin to happen. And it's a movie that deals with uh, like a small group of friends dealing with uh, the seemingly impossible very well. There's some great performances, and it's a great little sci-fi movie done on a very small scale uh, that manages to mix the the strange and the impossible with also with like normal like drama and passion that you could see in every anybody's everyday life. Hmm. Um, and then it deals with some very interesting consequences of of people's actions. Uh, now I am warning you; it does star. Uh, it does feature. The guy who played Xander from Buffy. Why is that a warning? I don't know whether it's a feature. Well, you know, I mean, I don't, uh, whatever. So, uh, the, the, I mean, there's, the movie's not. Is that a trigger warning? I will say, I I think it's a great movie. There's, uh, it does feature a lot of improv acting, and it does feature a lot of, like, kind of shaky, out of focus camera work, which can be distracting. It's, it's similar to some mumblecore movies. Uh Um, and weirdly enough, I think the thing that was most distracting is the the lead actress is very beautiful, and that made it was kind of distracting for a movie that was uh, that mm-hmm. for every other purpose was like masturbation. No, but like you're, you're watching it, but it just, like in a way, it, was like it unreal, like took you out of in a way. It kind of does, right? And it also makes you feel less bad for her because <laughs> <laughs> it's a like, little harder to be sympathetic for yeah, beautiful exactly. people. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was great, and it, I like think Idris Elba. I think kind uh, of because <laughs> uh, Elba, no matter even when he's getting shot, you're like he'll be fine. He's gonna work his way out of this one. Like, probably bounced off his obsidian. Those fucking pecs. He's like, just got a blink and a wink at a nurse, and she's all over him. Um, 
But uh, and coherent, the movie's coherence came out earlier this year. Uh, I think uh, the the website Screen Crush featured in its top twenty five sci fi movies of the last twenty five years. Huh. Uh, it's I think it's worth your time. Uh, so so you guys, Elliot's barely muffled yawn means that you guys you both did kind of like micro budget mumblecore movies, and I went with the master of spectacle, Fellini. Yeah, interesting balance. Um, so. It's so hard to say goodbye to yeah. yesterday. Very easy to say goodbye. But um, it's time yeah, to Yeah, you do just it. say it, dude. Chill out. Just say it. Come on. Shit. Goodbye. You're being clingy. It's very unattractive. Okay. I, w- I was ready for a second date until this started up. Yeah. Now I'm not so sure. Boy, don't I know it. Uh, so, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. You have been Dan McCoy. Think about that. <laughs> and I, shudder. Like, in the corner? Like, should I stand in the corner and think about it? Yeah, why not? Stand in the corner, face the wall, yeah, wait for the up. Blair Witch to totally <laughs> chop your head off. Or whatever the Is fuck she, she does. does? <laughs> she chops it off with like uh, this crazy karate chop. <laughs> <laughs> If that if the movie had ended with just a hand going hiya and then the camera goes black, I would have liked that movie. <laughs> Like a Miss Piggy karate <laughs> chop that acts like a flying guillotine. All right, we're signing off. Who have you been, Stuart? I have always, forever, darling. I'll be Stuart Wellington. And in the role of Elliot Kalin, Donald Logue. <laughs> oh, wow. So slightly racist. <laughs> nope, just Elliot Kalin this time. Good just night. joking, Elliot. Wait, why is Donald Logue? Donald Logue plays a racist in and the Patriot. Patriot. <laughs> so you're saying he's racist That's the only movie I know him from. I can only assume. <laughs> I am a human being that's only seen one movie. <laughs> I think it's real life, I guess. <laughs> you're a delightful actor, Donald Logue. I love Terriers. <laughs> we get it, dude. Stop plugging Terriers. <laughs> it's over, Dan. Terriers is Come not back. happening. Terriers season two. Come on. There's an old saying if you love something let it go because it's terriers and it's over six seasons in a movie good night everyone terriers <laughs> instead of talking about a movie let's talk I mean, about dan's grumpy, personal but, stuff but it was understandable. yeah i was just grumpy like a cat was somebody mean to you on the sleep. subway <laughs> and Stuart was doc what? That's cool. Was somebody mean to you on the subway, Dan? Yeah, Is that what it was? Did somebody fuck up? Did some sandwich ki- artist fuck up your sandwich? One of those kids who said it was showtime kicked me in the face. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's not a good show. Yeah. I give that show I very mean, poor reviews. Welcome to the Lady to Lady Show. Behind door number one, we have fantastic weekly guests like Aisha Tyler, French Stewart, Retta, and more. Behind door number two, we have road trip and sleepover games like Would You Rather and Never Have I Ever, the kind of games that remind you of being a kid. Door number three brings you fresh hot episodes every Wednesday. You can find them on iTunes and at MaximumFun.org. Now pick a door. Just kidding. They're not real because we're a podcast. You're all winners. And we didn't really think this through. Lady to Lady.